from Jesus today, and hopefully you were chuckling along because it is a funny story. Now, this story, when we, when we talk about Jesus, just to jump right in, because we've already spent a lot of time. <laughs> when we talk about Jesus, one of the confessions that the church has made, one of the things that the gospels tell us is that Jesus is the full revelation of who God is. John's gospel over and over and over again makes this emphasis that who Jesus is, is everything God has to say about himself. So that if we wanna know what God is like, we look at Jesus. So when we encounter stories like this and we think, what is God doing? Well, what is Jesus doing? And we apply this to our own lives when we want to know what is Jesus up to? What is God doing? We look and see what kind of things was Jesus doing, knowing that that's the kind of thing that God does. So I wish today's lectionary text, I mean, ironically, I wish it was a little bit longer. Because if we could back out just a little bit, we would actually see what's happening. No pun intended. We would, we would see how Jesus gets into this story in the first place. So just a little bit before Jesus heals this blind man, he's in the temple and he's arguing with who the text calls the Jews who had believed in him. That's the group of people that he's talking to, the Jews who had believed in him. At least they did until they started talking to Jesus. And they get, they get into this argument with Jesus this argument about who he is and where he came from. Is he from God or does he have a demon? They don't know exactly what's going on in this person of Jesus. And then they bring Abraham into this fight. And Jesus says that anyone who keeps God's commandments, God's word, will never see death. And they say, well, Abraham died. Are you saying that you are greater than Abraham? And Jesus basically says, I know Abraham died. I was there when it happened. But Abraham was overjoyed, Jesus tells them, that he would see my day. He tells them, Abraham saw me and rejoiced. And then they're like, Jesus, you, you aren't even 50 years old, which I hear that as a kind of insult, but just like think of the like, the humor of the insult. Like they ask, they, they say, Jesus, you're not even 50, as if like being 50 is really old. You're not even 50. And yet you claim to know Abraham, that Abraham somehow saw you alive. You're not even 50. And then Jesus says to them, <laughs> before Abraham was, I am. And at that point, it doesn't even say that the crowd became angry. It just says that they picked up stones to kill him. Like whatever their feelings were, the Jews who had formerly believed in him all agreed this guy has to die because he's either a lunatic or he's a heretic. He's either completely out of his mind or claiming to be someone or something that he can't possibly be. So the text says, Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Whatever that means, somehow Jesus hides himself away from this crowd and he walks away, hidden and unseen. And then the very next moment, the very next thing that happens, we're told as he was walking along, 
he sees a blind man. No time has passed between Jesus hiding himself and Jesus seeing this man. That's how our story begins today, that the one who is hidden sees the one who cannot see. That the one who hides himself sees the one who is hidden by others, by his family, by society, by those who marginalized him and made him feel invisible. That is the one that Jesus sees. And to be sure, he is marginalized by everyone, including his own family. Almost certainly, they would have believed that his being born blind was a result of some kind of sin, some kind of mark on his life. So while everyone else sees the man's condition or makes judgments on the cause of his condition, the text says Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him. Of course, we know how this story ends. You sat through the entire reading of it. The man is healed. But what we often miss is that he's not healed because he sought Jesus out. He wasn't asking Jesus to come and to heal him. He's not healed because of his faith. He's not healed because of his obedience. Now, there are absolutely stories in the gospel of people who are seeking Jesus out, who are calling to him to come and to heal them, people pursuing Jesus. But that's not what happens here. In this story, there is a blind man begging, and Jesus sees him. And before he can say a word, before he can ask any questions, Jesus is ready to heal him. No warning shots, no heads up given. Jesus just spits in the dirt and makes mud and puts it on the man's face and tells him to go wash it off. Why? Because that is who God is. And that is what God does. How do we know that? Because that is who Jesus is, and that is what Jesus does. Before you even realize what's happening to you, God sees you. And God doesn't just see you, but God is ready to heal you. God doesn't see what other people believe about you. God sees you. You might be like me in that you've had some odd feelings about this business of God seeing you. And I think part of this, I mean, <laughs> we've talked about it like surveillance more than we've talked about God seeing us. It makes us uncomfortable because we feel like God is watching us all the time. I remember being a little kid and having this feeling like, like when you're a little kid, like you don't even like the idea of a locker room, you know, and like having this overwhelming feeling like, wait, what do you mean God sees me all the time? <laughs> But that's not what it is for God to see you. God isn't watching you. God sees you. Again, we've talked about this more as a threat, like God is watching you, than a, than a, as opposed to a promise that God sees you. Our psalm for today is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord shepherds us. He doesn't spy on us. He shepherds us because we are his and he knows us. 
He is able to shepherd us because he knows our needs. And so when we talk about God seeing you, we don't mean that God has put you under surveillance. What we mean is that God is intimately acquainted with who you are. God sees your humanity when no one else does. God sees the most basic thing about you, the most basic needs that you have, which are to be seen and to be heard. Lately, I've been having these (laughs) moments of conversation with our oldest daughter, Eleanor. She's nine. And I can tell that these conversations oftentimes lead to her just being frustrated. Because what she means and what she says aren't always the same thing. What she wants to say and what I actually hear are two very different things. And you know this if you've ever had a conversation with anybody smaller than this, right? They don't have those skills to to get out what they want to say and how frustrating that is. We've all been in that kind of situation where we know what we're trying to say, but it feels like no one can hear us and no one understands us. But God is the one who does see us. God is the one who does hear us. He sees past our own inability to communicate, past the ways that we've been misunderstood, even the times we've been intentionally misunderstood, and God sees us. Jesus sees this man, but notice his disciples don't see him. They're talking about him, but they don't see him. They see what they've been told to see about people like him, that what's happened to him must be a result of some kind of sin in his life. Now, fortunately, these disciples have been walking with Jesus, so they they know they can't be so narrow-minded to just assume that this man sinned. (laughs) They're open-minded enough to give Jesus at least two options, right? Was it this man's sin Or was it his parents' sin? And you can see them like, good question, right? I imagine at this moment, like Jesus just wants to hide himself again all over. And while it's easy for us to judge the disciples, we know, (laughs) we know that we know, we'd all be asking the same questions or at least equally bad questions. Because just like the disciples, we don't see people the way Jesus sees people. We see people the way that we are told to see people, the way that we are conditioned to see people. We see what we believe to be true about people rather than seeing them. We see people through the lens of their problems, and we think that we know the cause of their problems, which means oftentimes we feel liberated to offer solutions to those problems. But all of our solutions to other people's problems are really just judgments of some kind. And that way our lives become more like sports commentary than witnesses to the gospel. It's easy for us to sit back and to nitpick and to point out the flaws and the ways they should have done things differently. That's not how Jesus sees people. We we don't see the poor We see people who are lazy and don't work hard enough. We don't see the sick. 
We see people who don't take care of their bodies or maybe who, who don't have enough faith to be made well. We don't see broken marriages. We see people who just don't seem to have what it takes to really make it through. We don't see the imprisoned. We see people who deserve to be punished. And we think that because we're not poor, because we're not sick, because our marriages are holding together, that we're not imprisoned, we must know what's wrong with those people who are. And you know this is true because you've either done it or you've been the one who has been suffering and you've heard it in the voices of those who speak to you about your suffering. This isn't how Jesus sees, but this is how sin infects the way that we see one another. Jesus sees the man. His disciples see the judgment. They see the stigma. They see the, the disease. And Jesus tells them, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This sickness is for the glory of God. Now we have to be careful here because we've all heard some really bad readings about what Jesus means when he says this. That this man was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. What Jesus doesn't mean is that God made him blind so that God could heal him. That's not faith. There's nothing miraculous about that. That's a, that's a, a trick. And God is not a trickster. If you find yourself sick or you find yourself suffering and someone tells you, oh, God brought that into your life for God to prove himself in some way so that God could swoop in and save you from the suffering that God caused, rebuke it. That's not God. Tell them to keep their mouths shut. And likewise, if someone else is sick or someone else is suffering, and what you feel welling up in you is that God did this to them. Knock it off. What Jesus is saying is that this man's brokenness is the very condition for God's will to be done in the earth. Not that God made the man blind. Blindness happens. It just happens. And what we need at every turn of our lives is to remember that there is a vast difference between what is happening to you and what God is doing in what is happening to you. The world is a chaotic place. Lots of things happen and we don't know why. Our job is not to try and interpret what's happening as if God is some maniacal puppet master. Our job is to have eyes to see what God is doing in what is happening to you. What Jesus sees is a man who is born blind, not because God made him blind, but because that's just the kind of thing that happens in the world that we live in. But that blindness and the judgment that comes with it, the stigma that comes with it, the marginalization that comes with it, that is the fertile soil for God's will to be done, for God to act in a way that can actually bring healing to this man. Why? Because this is the business that God is in. God is in the business of raising the dead. God is in the business of finding the lost. God is in the business of healing the sick. These are conditions that God can work with. Listen, we talk all the time about how we want God to act in our lives, and that's all fine. 
Just know that it means you're going to have to be sick or dead or lost before God's going to do it. God is not intimidated by our lostness, by our sickness, by our suffering, by the ways that we are dead to the life that he wants for us. God's not intimidated by that. What God is troubled by is our unwillingness to acknowledge our lostness and our sickness, our suffering, our sin. This is why at the very end of this story, Jesus says to the Pharisees, your problem isn't that you're blind. Your problem is that you think you see. Our sins, God can deal with. What's hard to deal with is our unwillingness to acknowledge our sins, to acknowledge our brokenness. That's what this season of Lent is all about. Orthodox Metropolitan Anthony Bloom, he famously said this, and we've said it at Sanctuary several times, God can save the sinner that you are, but not the saint you pretend to be. This is why the blind man is conditioned for God to work in his life, because there's no pretension in him. He has no illusions about who he is, about what's been done to him, about what he needs. He's just brutally honest about who he is and the state that he's in and what's happened to him. And when Jesus sees him, acts on him, opens his eyes, no one's really sure what just happened. It spirals into this argument where they're not even sure if this is the same guy. I mean, we're talking about a blind man and this guy can see. Jesus heals him, does a miracle, and no one believes it. The Pharisees are arguing, well, if, if he really did open his eyes, he must be from God, but it's the Sabbath and nobody can work on the Sabbath because that's a sin. So there's no way that this man is in sin and also doing God's will. The man's own parents don't even want to chime in. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, go ask our son. He's the one who was blind. The man himself doesn't know how to explain what has happened to him. <laughs> they press him over and over again. Is this man a prophet or is he a sinner? And how does he respond? What does he say to the Pharisees? I do not know. What I know is that I was blind and now I see. Which is not the big confession of faith that we've made it out to be. I once was blind, but now I see. We've usurped this into our Christianese to talk about, well, that is a confession of faith that God's going to do something for you. The man's just being honest about what happened to him. This isn't a confession of faith. He's just saying, listen, this is confusing and nobody knows what's going on. All I know is that I was blind and now I see I don't know who this guy is. I wasn't asking anyone to heal me. I wasn't praying for God to send me a prophet. All I know is I was sitting there asking for some spare change and this guy came up and put mud on my face and told me to go wash it off. And of course he's gonna go wash it off. You just put mud on his face. This is what faith looks like. Faith isn't pretending to understand Faith is just being honest about what is happening to you.
Because most of the time, if we're honest, we don't know what's happening to us, let alone know what God is doing and what is happening to us. And sometimes the most, faith, most faithful thing that we can say about God and about ourselves and what is happening to us is, I do not know. Faith is about that moment of saying, I don't know what God is doing, but I trust God is acting in whatever is happening to me. I don't know what it is. I can't see it yet. I don't understand it, but I believe and I trust that God is good and God is acting. So the man can see. He's trying to convince everyone that he can see and that he's also the same guy who couldn't see just a little bit ago. And notice that even though this man's condition has changed, even though he's gone from one who cannot see to one who can see, the Pharisees still see him as a blind man. The Pharisees still talk about him with this slant of judgment. Remember what they said to him, you were born entirely in sin. That's how we understood your blindness. We made sense of who you were knowing it's because you were in sin and you're trying to teach us? They still can't see him any differently. And so the text tells us they drive him out. And this leads to the second confrontation between Jesus and this man. Verse 35 tells us, Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, when he found him, remember the first time Jesus is just walking by and he sees him. Now, Jesus is seeking him out. Jesus goes to find him, to talk to him again. And Jesus sees him in what has happened to him. More than he seeks us in order to heal us, Jesus seeks us out to mend the wounds that we bear from one another. More than he seeks health in us, he seeks wholeness for what has been done to us. Three things, quickly. First, the Pharisees were right. The man was born in sin. We are all born in sin. All of us are sinners. This is true. The Pharisees are saying, you were born in sin, but so were they. And so are you. All of us are born into sin. But more deeply than we're sinners, we are all sinned against. We've all been wronged and wounded, hurt by others, looked over by others, made to feel invisible, been misunderstood intentionally at times. But not only are we sinners, and not only are we sinned against, we are known. You are known by a God who is seeking you, not just to deal with your sins, although he does and he will, but to deal with the ways that you have been sinned against. Because God knows that this is really how sin takes hold of our lives. 
If we don't allow God to heal the wounds that others have inflicted on us, those wounds will fester and they will give rise to sin in our lives and cause us to go on wounding other people. Jesus ends his conversation with this man in the most peculiar way possible. He tells him, he asks him, do you believe in the Messiah? And the man responds to him, who is he? (laughs) I don't know who he is. Tell me so that I can believe. And then Jesus says to him, I am he. And I came into this world so that those who do not see may see. And those who do see may become blind. We like the way that Jesus starts here, that those who are blind may see. But what does he mean when he says that those who do see may become blind. How how is blindness good news for anybody? What Jesus is saying is that there are those who are blind to what God is doing. And those are the ones who need their eyes opened to Christ's rule and reign in the world, to the kingdom of God in their midst, so they can see what God is doing in what is happening to them. But then there are those who can't see anything but what the world tells them to see, who have been conditioned to see a kind of way, who can't see anything but what is happening to them. And they need to be blinded to all of that so they can see what God is doing. For those of us who are marked by faith, that are marked by these moments of God seeking us out and healing the wounds that others have inflicted on us. We are people who have to learn how to be blind in the ways that God is blind. Henry Nouwen says that there are five lies of identity. That I am what I have. I am what I do. I am what other people say or think of me. I am nothing more than my worst moment. I am nothing less than my best moment. And I think this works in the other direction too, maybe even more effectively, that we believe this about other people. They are what they have or do not have. They are what they do or fail to do. They are what I've heard other people say about them. They are nothing more than their worst moment. And they're nothing less than their best moment. Remember, we are people who are sought out so that we can be known. And here's what I want us to hear is that when God knows you, he can't know you the way that you know you because it's a lie. When God sees you and God knows you, God can't know you the way that other people think you are. God doesn't see your image as you've made it. God sees his image in you, the way that he created you. When God knows you, he only sees the truth about you and he's the one who speaks the truth about you that you are loved. 
and everything the enemy has brought into your life and the ways that you have sinned and the ways that you've been sinned against, God can deal with all of that. But know that when God sees you, God isn't interacting with that. God is interacting with who he made you to be. That's all he sees of you. We are known by a God who cannot be fooled about who you are. And that's good news. God is blind to all of those things that you have internalized. He is blind to all of the lies that you've believed about yourself and about other people. God sees you. And what we need is to be blind in the way that God is blind so that we can see ourselves and we can see one another the way God imagines. Amen.